Paul writes to all the saints, grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. When we read through the New Testament letters, we can bump into several temperaments of the Apostle Paul. And for me, my favorite temperament is what I'm calling warm Paul. How about you? What what temperament do you like of Paul? In these days where we journey through challenging, even tumultuous times, unnerving circumstances, I need warm Paul. Paul loved the church in Philippi. It was, shall we say, his favorite church. Have you ever had a favorite church? Now I recognize that we're not supposed to have favorites. It's kind of like siblings or parents or children, right? When you ask, who's your favorite? Your answer is? First Baptist. Oh, yeah, well, nice. Thank you. This choir, we, uh, we've got them brain. I mean, we've got them spiritually formed. Don't we sometimes say, oh, you're all my favorite? <laughs> Have you heard that one? Uh, I'm the youngest of six children, and so my parents would use that one on me. You're all my favorite. But let's face it, when you read Paul's letters to the churches, he's got some favorites. Because when he wrote to the Thessalonians, it was more assurance. Don't lose heart. Hang in there. It's going to be okay. Jesus will invigorate your preaching and your proclamation. Don't worry. And for the church in Galatia, if you read through that letter to Galatians, it was furious Paul. He's mad. He's angry. He says, you stubborn, wayward Foolish Galatians, stop the madness. Some of you are strong-arming each other into rule-following when I told you that life in Christ was freedom. And some of you are giving in to that leros, oxen poop, and letting them intimidate you. Yes, he said oxen poop. He was furious. But for the church in Philippi, his favorite church, he pours out warmth and love. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. The first day. Yes, the first day. Remember a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about the church in Philippi. Jeremy was preaching from Acts 16 about this church that Paul had planted, which was now 20 years earlier. Paul and Silas stirring up stuff and the gospel and good news and freedom in Philippi and people of every age and sex and class and vocation turning their hearts to Jesus. And remember, Paul was tossed in prison for that. And now after several other prison sentences, he's back in prison. He's older, he's wiser, 
He probably knows that his end is near. He's in Rome. He's had his nine lives of ministry escapades, and he feels like his time might be short. So he's bidding a fond farewell to the churches he loves, and Philippi is on top of the list. Oh, dear saints in Philippi, he writes, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. I hold you in my hearts, and you hold me in your hearts, and all of you share in God's grace with me. It is such a warm, loving letter, written by Paul in prison, lest we forget, where there's not lots of sources for joy and encouragement, and yet Paul seems to be spilling over with delight and devotion and energy. And so I thought, we ought to pause and reflect upon being a people in a church where we hold each other in our hearts. Because that's such a beautiful promise and image. Paul, 5,000 kilometers away from the church in Philippi, and saying we hold each other in our hearts. That gave me some hope and encouragement this week because we've been moving through months and months and months where we have had to hold each other in our hearts. And as I reflected on our journey together as a community of faith, I rejoiced in the ways that we have held each other. We've hung on and we've held in And even though we've been so far from each other geographically, and even when we gathered, being careful and distance, we've held each other in our hearts. So I wanted to tell a couple of stories that I thought of, of holding each other in our hearts. And the first one was the person who popped in to church a few months ago and told us ministry staff that even though we were meeting through live stream, They sensed a connection. They were blessed by our efforts, our energy, our creativity. They thanked the church leadership for hanging in there and worshiping together as best we could. And that was such a good word for us to hear. Because there were Sundays where we were literally preaching to the pews. (laughs) And and, um, us ministry staff, we would we would say, you need to sit right behind the camera because I need someone to look at (laughs) so that I feel like there's some energy. But we were walking by faith and trusting that the Spirit was at work, doing this good work, faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. The second story comes from the choir. Choir, choral voices who've been trying to stay connected through thick and thin, through the distance. And there were two people who were encouraging each other from afar. And we're in a small group gathering before the pandemic. And last Sunday, they were together in the sanctuary and talking about holding each other in each other's hearts. And one of them even brought a flower to the other. 
And it was such a beautiful moment of, yes, being apart, holding each other in our hearts, but also regathering, coming together, continuing to be a voice and a presence and a gift of encouragement. We need these stories. And I hope that even as you pause, you can think of a story of holding each other in our hearts. We as a community of faith need these stories. They encourage us. We draw strength from these stories. They remind us that we are not alone. That whether we gather near or gather afar, we can and do hold each other in our hearts. So I want you to think and reflect and bask and celebrate and be encouraged by stories that you can even reflect on today. And respond. Give thanks. Maybe it's a phone call or a text you'll send today or an email where you thank that person for holding you in their hearts in these days. And we can start new stories, right? The Spirit continues to breathe and bless and encourage. So even as we think of others in our community of faith, reach out, bless them, encourage, share gifts. Because we know church life is not easy. The world wears us down. The influences of evil and power divide us. So much is working against us that we need to hold each other in our hearts. And in today's text, Paul alludes to that. He says there's forces of envy and rivalry at work. So do your best to be those saints who put on display the love of God. Be a people of good will. It's a great phrase. Be a people of good will will. And then Paul's prayer for the church, Paul's prayer for us that shows us the way to be a people of goodwill. He writes, this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight. Love with knowledge and full insight This is a love where I was reading this week, Eugene Peterson making a comment saying, that kind of love works out like this. We use our heads and test our feelings. We love with sincerity and intelligence, not gushy sentimentalism. I thought that phrase was great. We love with sincerity and intelligence, not gushy sentimentalism. This is how love overflows. This is how love spills out from a church that loves and is loved by Jesus and then follows Jesus for the good of the world. And so in these hectic, fearful days, let's think of our favorite churches to love. And choir, yes, I think you're right. First Baptist Edmonton is a great church to put on your favorite list. I'm biased, of course, and I appreciate churches that have loved and formed and nurtured me over the years, but here I am on the verge of my 15th year of being your senior minister, loving, delighting, serving with 
y'all. So let's pause and let's look around the room, or maybe if you're at home worshiping today, hopefully you have someone near you or in your mind's eye that journeys with you in these days. Look around. We need each other. There's so much working against the church. We need each other. There's so many ways we could fall apart or draw lines of division. We need each other. So thank you, church, for being a great place to be, a great place to love, a great place to be loved. And not in that sentimental, gushy way, but it's this loving Jesus for the good of the world. It's us being loved by the Spirit, being loved by each other in practical, meaningful ways. So let us be a church that continues to be loved and continues to spill out love and mercy, kindness and compassion. We have this prayer on this orange insert, and I thought this might be a prayer that might help bring Paul's love prayer to life, and a prayer that I hope you'll carry with you in the next couple of weeks, because we're going to be preaching through uh, a, a, a couple of sermons on the letter to the Philippians. So this is a great, I think, prayer to carry with us that will bring the gospel life to light and to fruition in our midst. I'm going to pray many phrases of this, and then the closing phrase, I'll invite you to join me. Our brother Jesus, you set our feet upon the way, and sometimes where you lead us, we do not like or understand. Bless us with courage, where the way is fraught with dread or danger. Bless us with graceful meetings, where the way is lonely. Bless us with good companions, where the way demands a common cause. Bless us with night vision, where we travel in the dark. Keen hearing, where we have not sight, to hear the reassuring sounds of fellow travelers. Bless us with humor. We cannot travel lightly, weighed down with gravity. Underline, underline, underline. Bless us with humility to learn from those around us. Bless us with decisiveness where we must move with speed. Bless us with lazy moments to stretch and rest and savor. Bless us with love given and received. And bless us with your presence even when we know it in your absence. In these final phrases, let's pray together. Lead us into exile until we find that on the road is where you are, and where you are is going home. Bless us, lead us, love us, bring us home bearing the gospel of life.